This is Dropped Among This Crowd, a podcast that dives into the music and community of improvisational progressive rock bands on Freeza Geese. Each week will feature a rotating schedule of insightful full show recaps, interviews with fellow Umphreaks, members of Team UM, as well as other musicians who have been inspired by and or played with the band. This is your place for all the latest news and happenings within the world of Umphreaks, helping keep you informed on what's been recently released or where you can catch the next show. I'm your host, Sarah Jaginiak. Thanks for joining me as we dive in. Are you prepared for what comes next? Hey everyone, thank you so much for joining me for this week of Dropped Among This Crowd. I hope that you were able to check out last week's episode where I chatted about the Umphreys McGee shows in Pontiac, Michigan on May 28th and May 29th. There is a link in the show notes where you can give that a listen if you missed it. Also, June's issue of Conduit Magazine hitting the streets tomorrow, June 30th, if you're listening to this when it airs on June 29th. We'll feature a full review of the Plan B tour, plus lots of fun facts, a quick quirky Q&A with Stasic about the tour, and more. Another really stacked issue, so you don't want to miss that. Everything you need to subscribe or snag an issue of Conduit is in the show notes as well. Looking for a new way to stream your music or listen to your favorite podcasts? Check out this exclusive offer for DATC listeners. Head to getamazonmusic.com slash crowd to receive a 30-day free trial of Amazon Music. That's getamazonmusic.com slash D-R-O-P-P-E-D-A-M-O-N-G-T-H-I-S-C-R-O-W-D to get a 30-day free trial and unlimited access to 70 million songs, always ad-free on Amazon Music. This week, I am pleased to welcome my guest, pedal steel player, Umphreys McGee collaborator, and member of many bands, Mike Racky. Mike and I talk about a whole bunch of topics, like his family and how the records that he listened to as a kid were so big in cultivating his interest and love in the pedal steel. As I mentioned, his many bands that he's in, well, we get into all of them. The Tractor Kings, The Morning Sides, Steal Your Face, S-T-E-E-L, of course, Fate Night, and Handsome Man's Gentleman's Club, and what they were up to during the pandemic, what they have coming up, and their, in my opinion, world record-breaking, Handsome Across America New Year's Eve 2020 celebration. So they celebrated and rang in each New Year's Eve midnight you know, countdown for each time zone. Yeah. There's video of that on their YouTube page, and you'll find a link in the show notes. I haven't dug into it yet, but it is definitely on my to-watch list. We also talk about what musicians inspire him, what he never leaves home for tour without, and what the greatest piece of advice he ever received was. We also talk about his recent appearance on the Jam Bass Cluster Flies compilation, 
which featured the fish track twist with the Brendan Bayliss and Mike Racky spin. That is available on all streaming platforms, I believe. Um, it was on my Spotify when I searched it to give it a listen, um, but I will throw a link in the show notes for the website as well. So if you want to like, I think they have vinyl and stuff that you can buy too. So if you want to snag that. Mike and I also talk about the incredible story of how he became friends with Bayless and just met the guys in Umphreys, like how it all started. That's a really, really cool story. How like the seeds were planted so long ago. It's it's so cool. And he also shares this really just crazy hard day's night story about him and Bayless. And if you know the Beatles movie Hard Day's Night, you kind of have an idea of what happens in this story. Um, listening back when I was editing the episode and even talking about it now, I just can't even believe that it's real and it really happened to them. Um, it's pretty funny. So I think you guys are going to really enjoy that story. Um, we also talk about the first time he played on stage with Umphreys and the first time he played on stage with them at summer camp back in 2008, which was actually my first summer camp music festival and like only my second or third Umphreys show. So that was pretty cool. We also talk about 2020 as a whole for him as a musician and personally, and we talk about why not and what it's like being in the basement with Bayless and Annie. And we also talk about the Brennan and Jake, a.k.a. Shitty Limo Pandemic Edition Christmas show and a lot more. We covered so much in our 45-minute chat afterwards. I was like, wow, that went really quick. We talked about a lot. There are a ton of links in the show notes for Fate Night, Handsome Man's Gentleman's Club, where you can listen, watch, follow, subscribe, all that good stuff, plus a whole bunch of other links for stuff that Mike and I chat about. So make sure you check all of that out. Some dates coming up that Mike wanted me to pass along to you. Fate Night returns to the store on July 17th. And Fate Night at Summer Camp featuring Brendan Bayliss on August 20th. I talk about the Fate Night set back in 2019 and how that was my favorite set from the entire festival pretty much. I mean, of course, the Umphrey sets were killer, but it's definitely one of my favorite sets. And I think of that set fondly pretty often. And like I mentioned in my chat with Mike, every time I hear White Wedding by Billy Idol, I instantly think of Vince Awinski who sang it so perfectly during that Fate Night 2019 set. It's I will never not think of that moment when I hear that song ever again in my whole life. I really don't think that that, that won't happen. And I'm actually going to um, throw a link to the podcast episode where I did a recap of Summer Camp 2019. And I haven't listened back to it, but I know I went on and on and on about that Fate Night set. So um, if you're interested, I'll throw it in the show notes and you can give a listen to that. And if you haven't seen Fate Night and you're going to summer camp, I suggest you put them on your list of shows to make sure you see, um, put that at the top of the list because you will not be disappointed, especially with Bayless being there. 
But honestly, it's still a great time even when Bayless is not there. Um, you know, that's just kind of like the cherry on on the top of the cupcake. Um, but it's a great time and you will not be disappointed. So definitely check out Fate Night. Um, you know, if you're in the Chicago area and they have um, some dates by you or you're going to summer camp, check them out. It'll be a great time. Uh, thank you so much, Mike, for taking the time to chat with me. This was really fun conversation and I'm really looking forward to our paths crossing soon and hopefully getting fate night here in Buffalo like we chat about too. Um, I'm working on that so that'll be really really rad. Do you have a small business that makes shirts, pins, jewelry, stickers, prints, or sells other interesting products or art that you think peeps would love to get their hands on? Is your band looking to get some attention from fellow music-loving umfreaks? Maybe you provide an awesome service that would make folks' lives better or easier and want some like-minded clientele, or perhaps you're looking to hire some cool people to work with. Let Dropped Among This Crowd Media Company help you get the word out. With ad space in monthly issues of Conduit Magazine, commercial spots here on this podcast and other podcasts across our network, and so much more, Dropped Among This Crowd Media Company can help you reach tons of fellow umfreaks, musicians, and other kind folks looking to purchase from you, work with you, and support their fellow um family. Check out our website, datcmediacompany.com, or email sarah at datcmediacompany.com. That's S-A-R-A at datcmediacompany.com if you're interested in chatting more. So here is my chat with Pedal Steel Player. Mike Racky. I guess just kind of start from the beginning. Are you born and raised in Chicago? I, I'm born and raised in Winfield, Illinois. Okay. Which is like, um, you know, uh, 28 miles, as they say, because uh, my, my address was 28 West, and that's how they did that, was how many miles west of, of the city. So yeah, I grew up in Winfield on a farm, uh, horses, goats, sheep, and stuff like that. Um, you know, not a, not a real farm, not a working farm, but you know, that kind of thing that, you know, that my family and my friends eventually turned, uh, the barn into sort of like a, like a hippie commune sort of thing. So that's, that's, cool. that's how, I, that's how I grew up. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Yeah. So was music like always around then? Yes. Yes. Um, uh, my mom was a a uh, bluegrass banjo player. She played accordion as well. That's uh, pretty badass. Yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> she was She was also at one point the second fastest typist in the world. Hell so yeah. That's, so that's, she was a court reporter. Uh, cool. Yeah, so she, she had a lot of, you know, fast hand-eye skills that evidently I, uh, evidently I uh, inherited. Um, you know, there was like an organ, there was an organ and a piano, you know, always around. And obviously the banjo was always around too. And obviously just a crazy record collection as well. Um, but at one point where there were, 
you know, six kids, right? My mom had six kids. Um, wow. Yeah. So at one point they had to find a new place for the piano to go and they shoved it in my room. So probably when I was, you know, five years old or something like that. So that had, a, you know, what, once you start just messing around with it and just finding out melodies and stuff like that, just, yeah. So it was all, it was all over from there. Nice. Nice. So what were some of the records you remember playing in the house? Well, yeah. And this is kind of what led to me um, playing steel guitar was um, so my mom had this crazy uh, country uh, record collection, uh, very, you know, old country, um, you know, from the 40s, 50s, 60s, stuff like that, and folk as well. And then my grandparents also, I had access to their record collection as well. And what was kind of like hip and cool in the 50s and 60s was uh, Hawaiian music, you know, like lounge Hawaiian, not real Hawaiian. Yeah, yeah. But but, de but definitely led me on that uh, path to, to you know, I would listen to those country records or those uh, Hawaiian records and I would hear the steel guitar and I would just be like, well, whatever, whatever's making that sound, I want to play it. That's yeah. cool. That's cool. <laughs> It's neat yeah. that you're able to like pick that up too and be like, whatever that is, I like that. And that's what I want. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know what it was. Um, you know, you just hear that, you know, and you just don't know what it is and you're just, you, you figure it out, you know, especially the days before the internet, you know, you had to, <laughs> you had to, you had to ask and, you know, go to the library, stuff like that. So, yeah, yeah. I love telling my 10 year old stories <laughs> like that. She's just like, Ew, mom, you're so old. <laughs> we we had to go to the library and 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 take Pull out over records. the thing and like look and see where you wanted to find it. And... The card catalog. The card catalog. Of course, I know my Dewey Decimal System. It of took course, like you... the whole afternoon. <laughs> of course. Oh yeah. And and my my small town library was not that great. So I had to deal with I had to deal with what I had to deal with. And you had but... to hope to God that nobody else had checked it out before you. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, God knows what was there or there would be some real treasures there because, you know, small town library, you never knew what was going to be there. For sure. For sure. Exactly. So one of six kids, what kind of kid were you? I'm the youngest. Uh, yeah. The, okay. You know, you know <laughs> troublemaker slash peacemaker, right? Yep. Isn't, yep. isn't that what they say? Yeah. So yeah, the youngest of six, um, big just you know big big age gap with me and my siblings uh i was born in 1978 and my oldest sibling was born in 1961. oh wow mm -hmm. so there you go that's a nice range of kids a big range yeah so my three oldest brothers brothers and sisters were kind of you know always looking out for us you know that sort of thing yeah yeah for sure it was a it was a fun way to grow up i'll tell you that you know just having um you know, we were at the end of a dead end street, you know, we had a barn, we had a, a back house, we had a main house and we were bordered on a forest preserve. So we could just run around and pretty much do whatever we wanted. So nice. it was pretty great. Yeah. Enjoy childhood to the fullest. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So when did you know that music was something that you wanted to like really pursue? It wasn't just something fun, but you're like, yeah, I want to do this. <laughs> oddly enough very early on um you know and I, I always knew it would never you know you know they say you're never going to get rich you're never going to get rich but you'll always be happy but um and that's what I've done and I've and I've made it actually my job for so long that it's um 
pretty pretty amazing but yeah i, I played drums uh first i played drums for 10 years without playing any other instrument and i played in a band called shificate cricket which okay. became which became <laughs> tractor kings uh which is still around to this day which is kind of funny um and I played drums for a long time because my older brother pl played drums and I inherited his drums. And, you know, you know how you get a job playing drums when you're 12 years old? Own a drum set. That's, <laughs> oh, yeah. pretty, much, that's pretty much how you get that job. Yeah. <laughs> so then I played drums for a long time and, you know, I just basically never wanted to do anything else. And then shortly after that, I, you know, uh, uh, started my own band, The Morning Sides, in 1997, and I'm still in it, still in them to this day. That's cool. I'm, I'm still in my high school band. That so, is neat, though. Like, a lot of people can't say, I don't think anybody can say that, really. I know. The, uh, right behind me, this, uh, this right here, Hearth, is the, uh, one of the album covers to, uh, one of our albums there. That's um, cool. Thank you. Yeah. And we're, we have two new albums that just came out, Resurrection and Super Album. Nice. We're the, we're the morning sides. Go go check us out anytime you'd like. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I'm a I'm a lifer. I've been doing this for a long time. And and of course, all your friends peel off and have families and get, you know, regular jobs or whatever. And I'm just, you know, I'm just I'm, I'm a gun for hire. <laughs> Still here doing your thing. So here doing my thing, roof over my head. <laughs> For sure. So what musicians inspire you? Well, um, so many. Uh, God, like off the top of my head, Dave Brubeck, which is kind of odd, you know, not being in my genre that I would play. But I, I definitely respect people that have like, you know, work ethic and definitely willing to to expand, you know, the, the definition of, of what of what their genre would be or what and i believe dave brubeck did that very well uh doug som i don't know if you know who that is but doug mm -hmm. som uh he he played um he played sort you know country of course as a you know whatever but he played tex-mex he grew up on the border of texas and mexico and you know had all these so he expanded what he was doing and of course it was in those those crazy late 60s era so he was expanding in many ways but um uh you know, obviously, I have great respect for for the classics, Jerry Garcia, and uh, I spent uh, an absurd amount of time following fish around when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah, a little, little too much of my time. No, I'm just kidding. No, proper amount of time. <laughs> the right amount of time to be following fish in your young yes. years. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I followed them from 93 to 98, something like that. That's that's the right time to do that. Yeah. So good job yeah it was it was basically just them setting the itinerary for me to go look at uh, america with with a good with a good soundtrack yeah yeah, yeah. i'd say so i'd say so no i I, lo I love fish and that's why it was really cool to do the uh the twist thing with brendan that was really uh that was quite an honor for so many reasons you know because i have such a such a background with fish you know yeah, for sure well since we're talking about that let's talk a little bit more about that like how did that come together well brendan and i are good friends of course and uh we were oh just you don't say you don't say exactly <laughs> so we were we were hanging out one day and he was just like hey you want to uh you know you want to play on this uh fish thing and i'm just like sure what song is it and he's like twist and i'm like really you think that needs pedal steel and he's like oh you'll you'll hear you'll see and i was just like oh yeah you made it creepy perfect 
all right you made it yeah you made it weird and creepy Perfect. all right i'll be i'll be right over and um yeah and we did it you know we did it in his basement and you know my part probably took 45 minutes nice. it was it was great yeah we work you know we work pretty well together <laughs> go figure <laughs> <laughs> yeah and kevin browning of course is just master master engineer always makes everything easy and fun and he's got a great ear and yeah it went it went very well very cool and such a cool opportunity for you like you said being a fish fan like you are so yeah yeah exactly (laughs) nice um so tell me some more about i'm gonna read this i get this right uh handsome man's gentleman's club that is correct i believe the uh believe the only band with two apostrophes uh, I, yeah, it's like I had to read it because I wanted to make sure I got it right. <laughs> yeah, I, I named it. I named the band because uh, I don't know. I just felt like being a jerk at the time, I guess. And now, and now the name gets you know more uh, more traction than the the music, which is pretty funny. And, and we're we're playing cover songs. You know what I mean? We're not we're not trying to we're not trying to change the world quite yet. No, we're gonna we're gonna make we're gonna make an album at some point. But it's just Rick Lacour and myself. And uh, yeah. So uh, we, we called ourselves the hardest working band in COVID because uh, we were a duo and we were playing all the outdoor shows. And um, yeah, we were, we were really lucky and really blessed to be able to play shows when, you know, like our other band, Fate Night, obviously has nine members and we were not going to get nine members anywhere. You know, we weren't going to get nine members on stage. You know, we weren't going to get nine members in the, in the same room to practice. You know, we couldn't do anything. Yeah. So, so Rick and I were bubbled throughout anyway to be able to play music. And um, yeah, it, it's been really great. And uh, we've got tons of gigs coming up. I have no idea when you're airing this, of course, but we're playing three gigs this weekend for Memorial Day. And then we're playing we're playing a lot in Harbor Country, like New Buffalo and Michigan City and stuff like that. Nice. Uh, the summer for, you know, the, you know, the, the, everybody's first summer back, right? For sure. So, so it's going to be really fun. It's exciting to have stuff to look forward to. It's like, exciting. To, it's exciting to be the soundtrack for, I bet. for people to have fun. Yeah. I went to the, I went to the, one of the drive-in shows, one of the Umphreys drive-in shows. And it was just, you know, it was insane. It was insane to hug all, hug everybody you haven't seen in so long. And oh my God, it was great. It was fantastic. Yeah, I'm going to get that opportunity next month. They're doing two nights here at Apple Valley, which is like two hours from me. And oh, nice. it took a fucking pandemic for them to play two nights at the same venue by me, but I will take <laughs> it. I'm so happy. I was like, you'll, you'll take it when you can get it. Exactly. Yeah. For sure. And I have to drive home each night because of my dog. Oh. She's not ready to like be boarded yet. I've been home with her every day for like 16 months. She's not ready to be boarded for a length of time yet. Like her. No, no dogs allowed. Ladies. No dogs allowed at the show. <laughs> no. no dogs at the show. No, it would be too much for her. It would be overwhelming. Oh, okay. And I don't like doing that. It kind of always bothered me when people would do that. Like if it's not a service dog, it's not the right place for the dog. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. I didn't know. I, I'm an old hippie. So, you know, yeah. it was, everybody had a dog in the 90s. So I don't know. It was so different than it is now, for sure. Definitely. I, I for, for the record, I never brought a dog on tour. For the <laughs> <laughs> I bring my kids. I bring my kids on tour. My youngest has been to like 15 on free shows already. So and if they can handle it. They oh, can handle he, it, right? He can yeah. hang, so it's there good. You go. There you go. <laughs> it's all that matters. <laughs> oh my so gosh. talk a little bit about like what 2020 was like. You were creating some, you were just talking about that, but like, yeah, as a musician, it was nuts. 
it was nuts. Um, it was, you know, uh, even songwriting, you know, obviously just songwriting alone is fine and you can do that, but then you, you know, create an idea and you're like, Oh, let's go to the studio as you normally would. And then you're like, well, am I going to wear a mask for five hours while I'm doing this? And was there only going to be one other person in the room and all that sort of thing. And like I said, luckily Rick and I could, could actually play, you know what I mean? Uh, due to, Places like Ravinia Brewing Company, Montrose Saloon, places like that. Um, any any outdoor, you know, so we were playing all these outdoor places, which were great. We were playing nothing indoors. And um, it was great. You know, everybody following, you know, everybody following the rules and everything, which was really great. There were no there were no spreader events anywhere we played. And it was I was I was glad to hear that. <laughs> and, um, uh, you know, because of being in the duo I was just very lucky to be able to play the whole time and that was you know everybody's like you know you know Shakespeare you know wrote Hamlet during the great you know plague you know when he was stuck inside and this or whatever I was like well somebody actually had to uh, entertain these people so uh so we so Rick and I were actually out entertaining which was which was pretty great which was pretty great because even you know even with the reticence of you know people you know and the, the the COVID COVID and the whole thing or whatever, people were really happy to see live music. Now, now they're really happy. For sure. Now they're now they're going crazy because they don't have to wear masks for the most part and this and that. So people, I, I have a feeling this summer is just going to ramp up in its insanity with people getting you know having more and more fun. Like what I've heard people say, the Roaring Twenties are going to yes. be back. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely the case. Yep. The tour, the tour dates are rolling out from all of our favorites. And uh, yeah, it's, it was yeah. a little overwhelming there for a minute. I was like, all right, everybody needs to stop for one second. Like yeah, can't can, wrap can my you, hat around it all. Yeah. Can you afford all those tickets at once? I don't think so. No, yeah. no. Well, because I'm going to Iceland. I was supposed to go to Iceland and didn't. Uh-huh. And go so I'm going back to Iceland. And so I would like to enjoy Iceland. So I kind of, you know, need a plan for that. <laughs> Iceland is fantastic. You'll, you'll have a lot of fun. I was, I was there for the Iceland airwaves festival in the year 2000. Oh, cool. Very cool. Yeah, it was really fun. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a magical place. If I, if I may use that word, it's very, you know, it's very cool. Awesome. I'm so excited. Um, but you got to do what? Why not? And you did the Christmas did. show with Bayless. So are those I the did. only streams that you did or did you do? I did. Um, no, actually, um, I did a lot of Handsome Man's Gentleman's Club streams. Uh, we did we did uh, a bunch of outdoors right out in front of Rick's front door for a while until it got too cold. Actually, we, we did a couple where it was still too cold. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, where my hands froze. And then we went inside and then we did that. But the one I'm most proud of would be um, we did Handsome Across America uh, okay. on, uh, on New Year's Eve. And this was my crazy idea to ring in the new year in every time zone. Nice. So we played for so we played for five straight hours and 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 every midnight that was you know appropriate, we popped a bottle of champagne and and sang old Lang Syne and you know did the whole thing or whatever. And of course by the end. By the end, we're a little sloppy and, you know, and tired and whatnot. But uh, and these are all available to, to stream for free on our uh, our YouTube page, Handsome Man's Gentleman's Club. You'll be able to find it. And uh, yeah, it's good fun. And uh, and we um, tailored we tailored the songs um, 
for each uh for each time zone to that time zone you know that kind of thing nice so it was really fun and it was you know making a set list a little bit different than normal and you know peppering in the normal ones that we play but you know learning a ton of new songs and stuff like that and we we try to pride ourselves on that anyway you know you know don't play the same set every time you know which is real easy to do which you know especially in a cover band where you're playing like you know a private party here uh you know a block party there a small bar here or whatever it's just like well there wasn't any of the same people you know but you know you have to keep it interesting for yourself as well for sure and that, and it, and that comes through in the performance when when you care <laughs> for sure i yeah. think that might be some kind of world record or something doing five new years in one thank night you. thank you thank did you, you for did you look at this did you look it up in the guinness book like nope. i think you need to check i think you need to uh, see yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I, uh, I mean, you have the proof, you have the video of it. So there's your I proof. Have, I have the video of it. Yeah. And, um, I mean, we took some breaks, but I mean, as far as like ringing in the new year, yeah, there has to be some sort of, I don't think there's been there. like five simultaneous new years. Yeah. Know? It's like the, it's like the George Thorogood thing where he played 50 States in 50 days, Yes. <laughs> which I'd like to do that someday too, but I don't, I don't think I have that kind of clout quite yet, but yeah. I'd like to do that someday. Well, it doesn't have to be like a big play. You just play anywhere. It doesn't have course, to specify, you know, you just outside the car, the gas is pumping, you're playing. That's, Counts, that's right. right? <laughs> like, at Alaska and Hawaii, you're going to be the tough ones. And, you know, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> the flyouts, the flyouts are the only hard ones. <laughs> All right. So talk about why not talk about being in the basement on why not. Oh, that's just good fun. That's just like second. It's like my second home. Uh, it's funny. Um, uh, for those who may actually be familiar with the old um, Christmas shows. So we used to always um, go to Brandon's house where he lived before and practice the night before, have a lot of fun and then be tired the next day. And um what we would, you know, the last, one of the last ones we did, um, his neighbors complained and we weren't really being that loud. It's an acoustic show after all, but he was complaining and blah, blah, blah. And then the next day at the show, you know, at a sold out park West, he's just like, this next one's for my neighbor, you know? And I was like, Ooh, <laughs> I, was like, I was like, okay, that's pretty crazy. And then we talked about it and he, and he showed me plans for his new house. And he was just like, we're going to have a basement one day. We're going to have a basement. We're going to have a, you know, no one will be able to tell us to turn down. And I'm like, one day, man, one day. So like these why nots were kind of like the culmination of, you know, he made it. He finally oh, made it. That's yeah, so he, awesome. Yeah. It was really cool because, you know, you know, I'll, I can, I can tell you from a lot of personal experience, neighbors, I love my neighbors, but yeah, but yeah exactly. But I don't yeah. love my neighbors. <laughs> okay so maybe i don't love my neighbor no of course of course you have to love your neighbor but you know um no but i but i would all, i would also love to be able to play an acoustic guitar without getting yelled at For but sure. you know but what are you gonna do but anyway so yeah i was really proud of brandon and annie and the kids you know having like a you know a spot to do their thing so and of course a spot to do our thing too and we can record and we can do this and that and it's all like perfectly acoustically you know balanced and whatnot so it's really great it's really awesome. great and then and then with wine knots you know you just get to go down there and you know we, you know kind of just mess around and it's really fun well that explains why 
Annie can sing as loud as she wants. And yes, <laughs> I always wondered, I'm like, how are like the kids not hearing this right now? <laughs> yeah, it may, it may, yeah, no, they might it, hear it a little bit, but like, it wouldn't be like it is in my house. <laughs> well, that's why, that's why, that's why wine knots start around nine is because, you know, kids have to be asleep. So, you know, yeah. around nine, that's why, that's why it starts when it starts. So yeah, we're probably going to do, um, one more of those probably before the whole thing is over before the whole why not thing is over. I'm probably going to do one more with them. That's been so much fun. And there were some weeks where it was like the saving grace, some Friday right. nights. So we, you know, when it was like the thick of it in there, you know, sometimes yep. you're just like, Oh, thank God. <laughs> like, this kind of feels no, normal. <laughs> and imagine, imagine me, you know, just like not being, you know, and of course I would watch them too. I'd watch them you know, just as regularly as anybody else, because Friday night, what else are you doing? And it's really great and watch your, you know, your friends be uh, silly and play some good music. And, um, and when I played one, I was just like, oh, you know, just like putting my guitar together, put my thing together, because I rarely, you know, rarely was doing that. You know, it was really fun. And then I got really used to playing for a camera, which that took a long time to get used to. Yeah, I'm sure. It did. Yeah. I, I, am, I am much better in front of lots and lots of people than uh than playing to a camera and pretending it's lots and lots of people <laughs> oh yeah I'm sure that's got to yeah. be different and hard to do when you know I mean it's fun you're playing with Bayless you're in the basement having a good time but like there's not people there so you can't really tell if you yeah know, if, like people enjoyed that or anything if, if, yeah if Fanny likes it if Fanny likes it yeah, at least exactly. yeah at least she's there for some kind of audience exactly <laughs> yeah that was that was pretty cool when I played um I think it was you and you alone or whatever it was. Uh, yeah, that's what it was. And she was just like, I never want to hear that again without Racky playing on it. And I was like, oh, that was like so sweet. <laughs> you took it next level. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so talk about coming in, what, last minute to do the Christmas show? Were you kind of already planned to do that or because of everything that happened, you kind of got tapped yeah. in? I was, no, I was, I was supposed to play the whole time. I had my, you know, I had my negative test and sequestered myself and the whole nine yards. I was supposed to be, uh, Brendan, Jake and myself. And then, you know, you know, whatever, you know, what do they call it? abundance of caution? Yep. And, uh, which was pretty cool too, which was really cool to see Jake do his, his thing, which, you know, that certainly wouldn't have happened to Brendan's house, you know, him having like the, you know, backing track stuff, whatever. So I thought that was really cool to have like kind of two, you got two separate shows. So that was pretty neat. And For then, sure. um, yeah, that was really cool. And then, uh, Annie singing like a bird. That was really fun, man. That was great. Um, and, um, I got to play guitar. That was fun. I got to play guitar while he played, um, mandolin that was fun too mm -hmm. so yeah that was just, it was really great you know it was you know it was it to keep the you know to keep the the christmas show thing alive uh through covid was that was pretty that was that was no small no small feat and was super super important to keep like the thread going you know a little bit because you know didn't want to break that i besides like a couple times I think maybe once, I think maybe only once when I was in Hawaii, I had to miss it. So I think I've been there, you know, and you, you liked the, um, the thing on my uh, Instagram the other day. So it was 13 years ago yesterday that I had, that I first played on stage with them at summer camp. That was, so that was the first time. That was the first time that I played on stage with them at summer camp. Not the okay. first time I played on stage with them, but summer camp. So that was 13 years ago. 
Yeah, that was my first summer camp. And that was like my second Umfree show too. It was like so early in like my Umfree's festival time. So it's so funny that. I, th- I think I had no, up. I think I had no gray hair. So look at it that way. <laughs> I only had one kid at that point. So. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So yeah, I didn't no, have no. as many gray hairs either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was really fun. That was that was really great. And and the summer camp thing has just become you know. So of course I've been to every single one since. Once again, barring maybe a couple when I was in Hawaii, but um, and I've basically played with them. You know. You know, I'd always jump up for a song or something, you know, here or there for the most part with them. I've played there with with the Morning Sides with my with this band. Um, and I've played there with Fate Night, obviously, um, four times, I think now. Or this yeah, is the-, the Fate Night show at 2019 summer camp was probably my favorite set from the whole weekend. Well. Oh, and I've heard that a lot, which is, which is, I'm, oh man, I'm so I was so happy to finally be able to catch you guys. Like I had been wanting to see you guys play for a while and just, I'm a fan of yours too, not just Bayless's. So I wanted to see you play too. And I finally was (laughs) like, my ass is staying up and doing this. And (laughs) it was so worth it. It was, it was such a good show. And Vince coming out and singing White Wedding. Like every time I hear White Wedding from now on, like that's exactly what I think of. (laughs) Oh, that's so great. Yeah. Fate Night, Fate Night has been, uh, by far, you know, the most fun project I've ever been a part of. Rick LaCour's, you know, brainchild. And, you know, for those who don't know, it's uh, a, a you know, wreck, wrecking crew of musicians and a random computer database of, you know, popular songs. And we press the button and a song comes up on big screens all around us with all the lyrics and the chords. So crowd can sing along. And we've never seen the song before. So we just read the chords and we all kind of know the song and we give it our best and give our own spin to it and see what happens. And see what happens. So we've based an entire cottage industry on not knowing what's going on. I think we call that life, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> you, you see all these bands that are so well polished and so well rehearsed. And I'm like, you know what? We've heard it. We've heard it. I've heard this whole rehearsal thing. You know, fantastic. You learned your song. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But uh, but we but we don't. And all you scampers, get ready. It's happening again. Fate night featuring Brandon Bayless. Um, I'm going to assume Friday night, but I don't know specifically yet because it's everything's still kind of weird. Yeah. But, but I'm going to take a wild guess and say late night Friday night. Um, but I don't know yet. But it is definitely happening featuring Brandon Bayless and friends. And we're looking to um we're looking to do some standalone fate nights uh after that uh definitely pretty you know we're probably going to have some some of the usual uh suspects involved as well nothing is uh nothing solidified yet but we're 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 heavily heavily working on it right now nice nice as as we speak other people are working I uh, wish that I lived a little closer to the Chicago area because we're not going to get any fate night shows in Buffalo. So you, you, I mean, I would, I would, I could probably get you a show. I probably could. I will, I will try and I will be there. (laughs) Let's be, let's be in touch. (laughs) Okay. I'm serious. I think I might be able to do that. Okay. Yeah. we're, We're willing to travel. 
Okay. I think I might actually know exactly who to call. Um, so is there like any song that Bayless is just like, I will not sing that. Or is he just like up for. Okay. Uh, is there like, he's just like, I thought, I thought, okay. There may be, I can't think of it off the top of my head, but, um, when we first started this thing, we, we had like, okay, so there's going to be some things that are going to come into, into play. Like, when can we veto? How many can we veto? Can we veto at all? Like, are we, do we just have to throw ourselves into it? And when we've got Bayless with us, he'll just be right off the bat. Like, no, no. And then be like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do this one. And I'm like, all right, just, you know, it's your night, buddy. Let's just do whatever you want. And, and of course that makes it more fun. And I also deny things too, just because you have to read the audience too. It's just like, you know, something comes up and you're just like, mm-hmm, you know, it's going to be boring for them. You just right. read the audience and you're like, I know they're not going to like this. So, you know, stuff like that. But um, what I, I think there was maybe a song you wouldn't do. <laughs> uh, I, let me think about that. But I, I think I think there is like a definite song that he won't do. It's also kind of funny, too, when Ryan, when we did the Park West, right, with Ryan and, and Brendan. I don't know mm-hmm. if you were there. No, but, sadly, um, but... But, uh, but Ryan was so awesome. He, we gave him the possible list of like 500 songs. And, and I think he, I think he learned all of them. Not, not, not knowing that we were just like, no, we just have to press the button. Like you just have to be familiar with it as a song in general. He's like, no, I learned them all. <laughs> that was like, I was like, well, you're ready. Well, then you're ready. Yeah. Ryan was so, that was such a great show. That was the, the basic, yeah. The, the fate night featuring basic. Yeah, that was, that was, and we, we sold it out and it was, that was a, and that was also right after the, uh, what Lakefront Green, is that what it was called? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, I played that one and that one, as far as my sit-ins go, that was, that was definitely the coolest, uh, venue I've ever played. I was going to say that place seemed like it was really neat because it's right on the water and is it on like oh. its own little island kind of thing or? It's like a, it's like a little, like it juts out you know because it's okay. all like it's all like lake fill you know like from the chicago fire they like dumped all the you know all the garbage and the ash and everything into the lake so they made it you know that much bigger so it's like one of those kind of things and um yeah. it's um oh god it was gorgeous and like there's a there's a video of uh um push and pull mm-hmm. uh with uh taken with the drone footage mm-hmm. i don't know if you've seen it i but, have seen uh, it yeah that's yeah so that's nice to have on the old resume right for there. sure that doesn't hurt <laughs> throw that one on the sizzle reel yeah yeah that one was fun yeah but yeah that was that was that was yeah that's the most beautiful venue I mean I've played a lot of beautiful venues but I mean and of course having the soft spot for my own hometown and whatnot as well you know right on the lake there um I did just actually get to play this thing with this guy called the lake jumper and he's been jumping in the lake every day for a whole year Okay. Including, including like cutting a hole in the ice and like jumping through the ice. Oh my god! That kind of thing. But every day, why? To, uh, to to raise money. Raise for, money. Uh, okay. To, to raise money. Yeah. It's yeah. It's not just because he's a lunatic. I was like, um, there's got to be some reason. <laughs> exactly. And and uh, one of the causes was uh, was um, you know save our stages and um, nice. uh, raising money for local musicians and stuff like that. So so every day that he jumped in the lake, he had a different musician playing in front. of Oh, that's cool. So Handsome Man's Gentleman's Club did it the other day and it was really cool. And, you know, like it's uh, having the lake here is, you know, 
and it's it's not just a lake it's not just a lake all of my uh i i have my friends from hawaii come over and visit once in a while and they're just like if you can't see the other side it's an ocean <laughs> so i agree i agree it's the it's the great uh it's ocean michigan it's not lake michigan <laughs> So tell me how you met Bayless. Oh boy. Oh boy. Here we go. All right. <laughs> so um, uh, it's kind of funny uh, that I grew up with Bob Stone. Okay. Uh, Everything comes back to Bob Stone. I swear to God. <laughs> but, but oddly enough, that's not how I ended up playing with them. Okay. <laughs> I know. So just to give you a little backstory. Uh, my songwriting partner and partner in the morning sides is Tom Perona. And he was in a band with Bob Stone called Stone Perona. Okay. And they were good at writing music, but not good at writing lyrics. And I wrote their lyrics. Okay. In high school. Wow. Fast forward. And, and there was another guy named Manny Sanchez who lived down the street from me, who was a bass player in a heavy metal band called Aneurysm. So this all happened in Winfield Wheaton area. Very strange. So flash forward 20 years later, whatever, however many years later, Manny Sanchez uh, needs a studio place and he ends up settling in my basement on the north side uh, and calling it IV Labs. He then quickly has a client called Humphreys McGee. I've never heard of them. Never heard of them in my life. Uh, he says, they need a pedal steel player. Would you uh, like to play pedal steel with them? And I'm like, sure on your uh, recommendation sure i go to gravity studios one day there's somebody just ripping on the piano and i'm like oh hi i'm here to play pedal steel whatever you must be the piano player of the band he's like no i'm not and it was jake and, and i'm like okay so what's going on here and uh brendan wasn't even there because it wasn't his song and i was playing on red room that ended up on the bottom half right and a um, couple other people, you know, Joel was there, a couple other people were there. Uh, I was playing the song, my pedal steel broke and I had to come up with a different way to do the thing that I've been practicing for two weeks. And I did, and they were impressed and they said, cool. And we hung out and had a good time. Then um, they liked what they had heard and they invited me to play with them. And I think that's the first time I ever met Brendan was at, um, Devraya Palooza, as they called it, whatever was behind like the river uh, back, uh, like Roscoe and Western, mm -hmm. like that thing back there, like 2005, 2006 or whatever. So that's the first time I played on stage with them was with uh, North Mississippi All-Stars and stuff like that. And I was scared stiff and it was it was quite the uh, it was quite the thing. But um, shortly after that, he invited me out for a beer at a live one. And he was just like, yeah, let's just go out. And we had hung out a, a few times already and we're becoming friends and hanging out. And he's like, let's go out and just grab a beer. So we're just grabbing a beer. We're talking bullshit. And, and a group, you know, slowly and slowly, a group of a crowd starts forming around our bar stools. And I'm like, is this normal or is this what's going on here? And he's just like, ah, whatever. Don't worry about it. And then people are like tapping him on the shoulder, like asking him for autographs, like trying to buy him, you know, whatever. And then the crowd gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And I'm like, is this guy actually famous or like what's going on here? <laughs> and and because um, I really I truly didn't know. <laughs> at all. I had no idea what was going on. And he's just like, we better get out of here. 
And I'm like, okay. And it just became uh, like a hard day's night moment. And it was really, really weird. And so we paid the bill and we, and we ordered a cab and a cab was waiting and we had somebody open the door and we ran out of the bar and piled in the cab and had to shut the door and the crowd followed us and was like banging on the the cab oh my god i know i know and it seems it seems still seems ridiculous it totally seems ridiculous when you're saying it yeah (laughs) and i couldn't believe it and then and then we go like two blocks down to the store and and no one followed us and i'm like how does how does anybody not know to go there but anyway I don't know. It was, it was a very weird moment. I have so many stories I can't tell, but. Oh, I'm sure. But, another uh, time in another place. We'll have to, we'll just have to get a beer, I guess. Uh, we'll have to <laughs> get a beer, but yeah. Um, but that was, that was a very PG one. I could tell. I mean, there, there were so many great ones. Um, uh, Bayless is a classic from one of the, you know, basically from the first time I got off stage with him and now I've, you know, played on stage with him so many times. He just pulls me aside and like, gives me a big hug. And he's like, I like what you were trying to do there. He's the world's, always he's the coming great. with the complice salt. That's what it is. He is. He is the world's greatest smartass. Yeah, he is. <laughs> yeah, if you can rope him in with Catholic guilt, you're pretty good. But other than that, he's gonna. Yeah, he's gonna run circles around you. Yeah, he's something else. He's something else. That guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, looking forward to Scamp. I mean. There we go. That'll be the next one. And we're trying to put some more fate nights together, but you'll be the first to know you'll put them out. I will. I will totally do that for you. Mm-hmm. So tell me about the greatest piece of advice you've ever gotten about being a musician. Well, my mentor, Greg Barker, um, I am now, uh, I am now uh, a mentor myself to uh, Joel Janchenko, the drummer of fate night. It feels good to be a mentor. Uh, but my mentor, uh, Greg Barker, they said, let, uh, rule number one, lesson number one, keep your ears open and your eyes up when you're playing with people. Look around. Always look around. Always keep your ears open and your eyes open. And don't, you know, it's easy to get lost in yourself. It's very easy to get lost in the song. You know, music is all encompassing, all enveloping. And you're, you know, you're supposed to feel it. But you're the one playing it. So don't get too lost in it. You know, you have to keep your head up and know for, you know, keep 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 aware of changes and what anybody else is doing and maybe if somebody else isn't paying so much attention maybe pick up some of the slack for them do this it's a team it's a team sport nice always keep everything up so i i always have a great respect for my my mentor greg barker for for teaching and he's taught me so many lessons but that was lesson number one nice and it's an important one always be aware always be aware so so like i i close my eyes when i sing it's just a habit. It's just something that I always have done. But when I'm playing music and not singing, you know, I probably have to learn how to look and sing at the same time. But uh, but no, but when I'm just playing music, I'm definitely head on a swivel, mm-hmm. making sure everybody making sure everybody's doing their job. <laughs> well, and you kind of want to like absorb the moment too, you know, and you, just- you want to. Yeah, and you can, too. And you can, you know, the longer that you play and the and the, you know, um, the more seasoned you get, you know, there's a moment where you can, you can get lost for a second and you can really kind of space out and have a good time and do whatever. But, you know, and then you hear like, you know, something that's definitely like, Oh, we're coming up. We're kind of, we're coming in for a landing, if you will. And it's time to maybe put some pieces back together because we got real far out on this jam or whatever. We got too far out. We need to 
kind of bring it back together. And um, yeah, it's about knowing where you are. And once again, that's awareness. Awareness is a huge part of music. For sure. Absolutely. It's just a huge part of life. <laughs> Absolutely. No, aware, that's so a huge tenet of Buddhism. Yes, yes, exactly. So huge. So <laughs> what is something that you never leave home without when you go on tour? Besides your instrument, of course. Okay, I was about to, I was about to say picks. No, um, uh, let's see. Something I never leave home with when I go on tour. I don't know. A good book, obviously, like a fresh nice. one. A nice. good fresh book. Um, you know, even if you don't finish it or whatever, but just like idle moments. You know, it's good to have a book laying around. Um, For sure. Yeah, I mean, in the old days, in the old days, I don't know, but I mean, I guess now, obviously, like something that is you know an ipod or something you know something that is definitely just for music that is not online so you can plug in and you won't get like texts or anything you know something different from your phone right you know something that's dedicated to music so you can just sit and if you just need a time out right and yeah. then and then and then also like a yo-yo yeah you know just something yeah just be be busy you know and and of course you know pen and paper Oh yeah. I never I still, home without pen and paper. I, I still write everything on pen and paper. Like I, I end up putting a lot of uh, poems and song lyrics and stuff into the, into the phone, but it's writing on papers. It, of course it has its downside that sometimes you're like, you write it so fast that it's messy and you maybe don't know what you said. So writing into the phone would actually kind of fix that because you either said it or you didn't. Right. But, uh, but there's something, there's something, you know, I think something different comes out when you write than rather than typing. And I think the emotion too, like yeah. it, it hits, not that it doesn't hit you the same way, but sometimes when you just write it out of you, you're just like, Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's just the, the, the turn of the letter and how it comes out and it, it, it creates another idea and, and so on and so on. Yeah. For sure. For sure. That's how good poetry happens. hundred percent how it's been happening mm -hmm. for I, I decades think, it could be yeah it could be different for other people for these for these crazy millennials i don't know i don't know how they write their poetry <laughs> on in the air on a some sort of holographic something that's how they do it now i don't that, know that would you know what it wouldn't surprise me one bit that, <laughs> that's probably how they do it yeah some sort of mad some sort of magic i don't even know about yep yep mm -hmm. <laughs> Okay, well, is there anything else that you want to talk I about? Know. I don't know. Is there anything I didn't cover? I don't know. I mean, this might need to be a five-part series. No, I'm just kidding. Um, there's so many well, things. Well, I, I did. Hey, I did announce my media company, and I'm looking for I am doing a podcast with Joel all about summer camp. Oh, well, there you yeah, go. Yeah, so. Well, throw, throw me in with the old man. All right, maybe we will. I'm just joking, but anyway, but, 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 but I could, I could talk, you know, maybe, maybe we'll, maybe we'll go back and forth on some stories that I can tell. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but no, I mean, I don't know, catch, you know, if I had any last, you know, like all my stuff, I guess, I don't know how the kids do I'll it. I'll link you know? everything for everybody so they can find you and watch you and follow you and subscribe and do all those fun things. Exactly. I also play in a band called Railheart which okay. sometimes is steal your face, S-T-E-E-L, huh? Ah, uh, uh, so we play, did there. We, we play, um, we play country Grateful Dead. Nice, nice. There you go, steal your face. We're playing, we're going to do um, a bunch of stuff coming up, but we're also going to do like a pre Los Lobos thing in Evanston when they play in Evanston. So that will be fun. So yeah, just, you know, Fate Night, Handsome Man's Gentleman's Club, Morningsides. 
like, 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 subscribe, subscribe, all that good stuff. Awesome. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you for having me. Yes. Thank you. This was a lot of fun. Well, thank you. You're a lot of fun too. This is great. And hopefully I will see you somewhere along the road at some point. I hope so too. I need to start getting out and traveling some more. I just been home with the kids way too much. You're you making it to summer camp? I might. I applied for press and if I can get a press pass, then I will go. I think, so. you, I th- I think you get one. <laughs> I think I'll get one. I think you get one. <laughs> I feel like Larry David. I will definitely make some phone calls and see what we can do about getting fate night here. Oh yeah, exactly. Of course. And I'll let, I'll let the boys know. Yes. I would love that. That would be so much fun. That would be, that'd be great. <laughs> I haven't been to New York. I haven't been to New York a long time, especially up, especially upstate. Well, yeah, I will definitely have to come and show you around the city too. That'll be fun. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. Yes. This is a great time. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. All right. I'll talk to you later. All right. You too. Good luck. Bye. So that's everything for this week of the show. Thank you again to Mike. This was a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to meeting in person someday and the next time I get to see Fate Night. There are a bunch of links in the show notes for, like I mentioned, Fate Night, Handsome Man's Gentleman's Club, videos, where you can follow, etc. So make sure you check all of that out. Also tucked inside the show notes, you'll find links where you can binge on past episodes, book a conversation, and be a guest on the show, snag some of the fresh, just-released merch, the recent and past issues of Conduit from the official DATC store, get yourself a subscription to Conduit Magazine, check out the new Dropped Among This Crowd media website, and so much more, so make sure you check all of that out. Thank you so much for joining me. I'll see you around these parts next week. Mad love.